Welcome to Common Sense Coalition Talk Radio, where you'll find straight talk from people with good old common sense. I trust your opinion. And now, for your host, he's putting sense back into nonsense. Absolute insanity. Well, you can hear me on the Your host, Beth Ann. And I welcome you today to CSC Talk Radio. It's my honor, my privilege, and my pleasure to be here with you today. We're going to go straight to the Lord in prayer, and I am using some scripture today from 1 Timothy 2, verses 1 and 2. So for such a time as this. First of all, then, I urge that supplications, prayers, intercessions, and thanksgiving be made for all people for kings and all who are in high positions, that we may lead a peaceful and quiet life, godly and dignified in every way. Most gracious Heavenly Father, we bow before you today as your children. You have given us the law and shown us the way. May we now be your followers, brave and wise, that we might share your love with others and the world. We are in bondage in our own country, Father. The bondage of our own sins and the bondage of evil leaders. We pray, Father, for your deliverance here and for their salvation. May our evil leaders, those who are following the wrong person, (laughs) the wrong voice, may they come to know you in a very personal way. Rise up, O men of God. Have done with lesser things. Give heart and soul and mind and strength to serve the King of Kings. Rise up, O men of God, in one united throng. Bring in the day of brotherhood and end the night of wrong. Rise up, O men of God, tread where his feet have trod. As brothers of the Son of Man, rise up, O men of God. Father, may we be, for such a time as this, the men of you, the men of God that will rise up for your righteousness. And may we share your love to all. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. Well, it's President's Day. Do you know where your president is? Hint, he ain't in East Palestine, Ohio. Today is a federal holiday. It's President's Day. And I was thinking this morning, how does taking a day off with pay honor our presidents and our nation. There are usually great sales happening either online or in store. George Washington sales, I'm sure he's very proud of those. Seriously, though, how is the nation honoring the presidents? Are there parades? A national moment of silence? Prayers? Wouldn't it be doing more honor to our nation's presidents if we taught the history of our presidents? If we concentrated on this today in the schools, have school assemblies, they don't have to do anything else in school but study the presidents, hear about the presidents, maybe watch a documentary or two, teaching our children and our youth about the presidents of the United States. It's always a little eerie around here on federal holidays. The courthouse is closed. The post office up the block is closed. Both banks, which are directly across the street, are closed. 
Very little traffic. And I have to chuckle once in a while. You see an old farmer come to town to do business. Unbeknownst to him or her, everything is closed. The banks (laughs) for President's Day. The first president. George Washington is revered as the father of our country. Did you know that? Of course you did. But did you know he was not, however, our first president? Washington was the first president elected under the Constitution, taking office in 1789. But the United States came together as a nation years before the Constitution was enacted. In 1781, the last, when the last of the 13 colonies ratified the Articles of Confederation, the new country was officially brought into being. Shortly thereafter, Congress unanimously elected John Hanson of Maryland as the first president of the United States. His title was actually president of the United States in Congress assembled. Congress voted to provide the new president with a house and servants and ruled that he takes precedence over all and every person in the United States. Hansen served only a year and is now largely forgotten. But at the time, a colleague wrote, I congratulate your excellency on your appointment to fill the most important seat in the United States. And that letter was signed by none other than George Washington. Under Hansen's leadership, Congress established a treasury department, adopted the great seal of the United States, which is still in place today, and declared the 4th Tuesday of November, of every November, a day of Thanksgiving. The Articles of Confederation were, in a sense, the first Constitution. I think most of us knew that much. They became the law of the land on March 1st, 1781, a date that could be considered the country's birthday. They were, in effect, for nearly eight years, a period of time often forgotten in American history. Isn't that a shame? George Washington referred to Hanson as the president in all his correspondence. If Hanson had been the first president, what would that make George Washington? Well, after Hanson, there were six more presidents elected by Congress, one each session before the Constitution was ratified, which was in 1787. So Washington would have been the country's eighth president. Now, I take, took this story from The Greatest Stories Never Told as 100 Tales for History to Astonish, Bewildered, and Stupefy, and it was written by Rick Beyer. The office was considered a prestigious place of honor, but today there is much disrespect given to these men, especially the men of old, but even today... Perhaps it's because the men in the position of president no longer represent the best of this nation or its multitude of people, citizens. They are now career politicians, except for one man that I recall in my, in my lifetime. They are career politicians who are out to become wealthy beyond measure. They gallivant around the globe and hobnail with foreign leaders to procure more power, not peace. It's President's Day. Do you know where your president is? Well, your president is in Ukraine. <laughs> He's not in uh, 
America, where he could be doing some good. He went to Ukraine, and I've got that article here somewhere. And uh, I'm not sure why, but that's what he decided to do. And so while we could use him here, well, not really, but (laughs) there again, that's disrespect, isn't it? It is amazing to me. Here it is. I wrote all over it. That's where I wrote his President's Day. Do you know where your president is? Joe Biden is being criticized online for making a surprise trip to Ukraine rather than to East Palestine, Ohio. You know who's going to East Palestine, Ohio? I don't know what day it is that he's going, but. I think it's Wednesday. Wednesday. President Donald Trump. I wanted you to say President Donald Trump. (laughs) You were supposed to answer the question, Rudy. He's going on Wednesday. (laughs) Biden delivers remarks at Marinsky Palace announcing an additional half billion dollars in U.S. assistance, which includes shells for howitzers, anti-missiles, air surveillance, radars, and other aid. Air raid sirens blared as Biden and Zelensky wrapped up a visit to St. Michael's Cathedral, which is kind of amazing since Zelensky's been attacking the churches over there. It's President's Day. Do you know where your president is? We're going to talk about President's Day a little bit more because I think that's better than taking a day off. Just to remember and honor the men in our past. You're listening to CSE Talk Radio. This is Beth Ann, and we'll be right back. Hi, I'm Mr. H, here to tell you about an unusual and sensational nutritional product that contains nine exotic fruits, 13 vitamins, 17 herbs, 18 amino acids, and 70 colloidal trace minerals. It's called Immuno 150. Nothing like it in the world. If you're trying to get rid of some pain or correct any health issue, you might try Immuno 150. Look at the website immuno150.com. That's I-M-M-U-N-O-150.com. You've probably never consumed more than 20 minerals in your life, but your body needs at least 60 minerals. So try Immuno 150 to see what 70 minerals and 80 other nutrients can do for you. Call 888-316-2224. That's 888-316-2224. You can look for the silver lining or you can strengthen your portfolio with gold and silver. Optimism is planning for your own financial future. Melody Cedarstrom of Discount Gold and Silver Trading has been watching our economy and the banksters for well over 20 years. The U.S. has an unsustainable debt. And while the timing of a collapse cannot be predicted, we know the proverbial straw that breaks the camel's back weighs heavier and heavier with each new stimulus and omnibus bill. Because of our debt and the lack of solid backing, those fiat 
about dollars in your pocket continue to deflate in value. However, gold stays true, true wealth. Give Melody Cedarstrom a call at 1-800-375-4188. That's 1-800-375-4188. Discount gold and silver trading for all your precious metal needs. And join Melody weekday afternoons at 4 p.m. Eastern Time on Financial Survival Radio. Visit DGSCoins.com. That's DGSCoins.com. Liberty Tabletop brings liberty to your table. For those of you who want to display your patriot hearts, set your table with liberty. The new patriotic flatware pattern by Liberty Tabletop. Your dining table sets the mood for the American family and the American dream. Liberty honors our fallen heroes, the Liberty Bell. We the people with stars and stripes, our American Eagle and the Statue of Liberty. Each piece of the Liberty flatware pattern is an art with elegance, high-quality work, and high-quality 1810 stainless American steel. Each piece is unique while conveying the same patriotic message, liberty for all, and we love America. Order your set now, and a set as a gift for a special patriot in your life. Liberty Tabletop brings liberty home to your table. Use the promo code BETHANN and receive a discount. LibertyTabletop.com or call them 844-386-2338. And we have returned to listening to CSC Talk Radio. This is Beth Ann. Well, I'm not going to stay on this subject very long because it just is what it is. The President of the United States that we currently have is more concerned about things abroad. He's more concerned about racism than he is about the people in Ohio that are suffering there in East Palestine. President Donald Trump is going to go visit there, and I am so excited that he is doing that. Now, maybe it's just a political thing, but I don't really think, while it probably is somewhat, I believe that President Donald Trump really cares and wants to help. You can see Judge doesn't care. They don't even believe their own stories of climate change and, you know, like riding your bike to work. And then he just did it for a photo op, then picks up the bike, puts it in the back of the limo and rides the rest of the way. But we're not. I I, I don't understand. I'm OK with them having a federal holiday, I guess. I'm not, I don't really understand it because it's not really honoring the presidents. Everybody gets a day off. They're not going to sit there and say, well, I'm going to study one of the presidents today. Nobody's doing that. Nobody is. And they're not teaching the children, so maybe it wouldn't be too well served anyway if they stayed in school and (laughs) learned a little bit about the presidents. I have a couple of things here that are really good about the presidents. And if you can bear with me, I would like to share them with you. This is written by Paul Hamby. I'm not going to take credit for it. He did it. And I thought it was very telling. He honored several different presidents here. American presidents who protected individual liberty. He said, we did an opinion poll asking, who is your favorite president that protected individual liberty? So they 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 defined it. It wasn't just who's your favorite president. Ronald Reagan was number one. Harry Truman and Donald Trump were mentioned because they put America's interests first. Read what others says. He, he goes on here with this. It says, Missouri State Senator Rick Brayton and Nick Schroer chose George Washington. Senator Brayton said he knew what true liberty really is. He not only led the armies in the fight, 
for our independence, but was instrumental in developing the amazing constitutional republic that we are. When he had the full capability to become king, he denied that position to instead, instead to become president. Furthermore, he could have remained president of America as long as he was alive, but instead willingly and peacefully transferred the power on to the next president after serving two terms. He was all he was by all accounts a godly man who loved his nation, loved his fellow countrymen, but most of all loved liberty and freedom. Gentlemen, the character of Washington is among the most cherished contemplations of my life. It is a fixed star in the firmament of great names, shining without twinkling or obscuration with clear, steady, beneficial light. Daniel Webster, in a letter to the New York Committee for the Celebration of the Birthday of Washington, back in 1851. I thought that was kind of funny, that 1851. Missouri State Rep. Dean Van Schoik, I'm not sure I'm saying his name right, he chose Thomas Jefferson. He was the author of the Declaration of Independence, was instrumental in creating the Constitution, and insisted on the Bill of Rights. Well, that's not 100% true that he insisted on the Bill of Rights. He was more concerned with protecting the people from government than he was giving power to the government. A strict reading of the Constitution and the Bill of Rights will reveal the Constitution is the formation of federal government out of necessity. The Bill of Rights puts strict limits on the government. Our right, our rights are not given to us by our government but are given to us by God. The Bill of Rights restricts the government from treading on our God-given rights. And, of course, now Thomas Jefferson did not write the Bill of Rights, and he did not write the Constitution all by himself, but he did write the Declaration of Independence. Andrew Jackson made the list as well. He ended the central bank of the day, and that is old hickory stick. Remember the day when he was, uh, some guy tried to assassinate him, but the gun fell apart and... And uh, old hickory stick, Andrew Jackson, beat him with a stick. (laughs) Beat him with his cane. Now, he wasn't a good man when it came to our uh, Native Americans, the Indians. Now, Dwight Eisenhower received several votes, partly because he warned America about the military-industrial complex. One could say he protected the wars in Iraq. I'm sorry, predicted the wars in Iraq, Afghanistan, and the current conflict in Ukraine. January 17, 1961, in the councils of government, we must guard against the acquisition of unwarranted influence, the potential for the disastrous rise, and displaced power exist and will will persist. You know, I was watching um, uh, Steve Hilton last night, and he kept playing snippets of those in power right now, including Joe Biden and several of his secretaries and the general, Milley, saying, we're going to be there as long as it takes, as long as it takes, as long as it takes. So who is Joe Biden most concerned about? He's concerned about Ukraine's border, but not our border. He's concerned about the Ukrainians and the war, but not about the Ohio folks that are 
our brothers and sisters who are suffering in East Palestine. Aaron Dunn of Kansas City chose Calvin Coolidge because of his passion for protecting liberty. Coolidge explains the purpose of our Constitution and Bill of Rights. Some people do not seem to understand fully the purpose of our constitutional restraints. They are not for protecting the majority. Now listen to this. You need to understand. They're not there to protect the majority, either in or out of the Congress. They can protect themselves with their votes. We have adopted a written constitution in order that the minority, even down to the most insignificant individual, might have their rights protected. So long as our constitution remains in force, no majority, no matter how large, can deprive the individual of the right of life, liberty, or property, or prohibit the free exercise of religious religion or the freedom of speech or of the press. Majorities are notoriously irresponsible. I think we can see that today. Kentucky Senator Rand Paul named Grover Cleveland as one of his favorite U.S. presidents. He opposed special interest, supporting limit government and vetoing much of the legislation that reached his desk. Some would call him a populist, and part of me feels that that way too. His father, Ron Paul, praised praised Cleveland as well because of his support of the gold standard. Grover Cleveland, a Democrat, was elected in 1884. In his first four years, he vetoed over 400 bills passed by the Republican-controlled Congress. He goes on to say Senator Rand Paul, who was born in 1963, picked John F. Kennedy as the best Democratic president of his lifetime. He cited the tax cuts Kennedy pushed, which Paul credited with growing the economy. On July 4th, 1946, John F. Kennedy said in his speech as a candidate for Congress, In revolutionary times, the cry, no taxation without representation, was not an economic complaint. Rather, it was directly traceable to the enmity, fair, and just principle that no sovereign power has the right to to govern without the consent of the governed. Remember, we've said that so many times, the consent of the governed. Anything short of that was tyranny. It was against this tyranny that the colonists fired the shot heard around the world. The American Constitution has set down for all men to see the essentially Christian and American principle that there are certain rights held by every man which no government and no majority, however powerful, can deny. Conceived in Gratian thought, strengthened by Christian morality and stamped indelibly into American political philosophy, the right of the individual against the state is the keystone of our Constitution. Each man is free, JFK. Now, we know JFK was a little bit of an ornery man. He was not necessarily an upstanding Christian man. But he was assassinated. And as we talked about a few months ago, our CIA was in on it. And the Secret Service helped cover it up. Why do you think that was? Well, he was one man that wanted to audit or do away with the Federal Reserve, kind of like Andrew Jackson. 
You're listening to CSE Talk Radio. This is Beth Ann. It's President's Day. What do you know about the presidents? And we'll be right back. Returned. You're listening to CSE Talk Radio. This is Beth Ann. I'm going to finish this. The next president he talks about in this is um, Ronald Reagan. He says, in July 4th of 1986, a speech Ronald Reagan recalls the moment of the signing of the Declaration. Fifty-six men came forward to sign the parchment. It was noted at the time that they pledged their lives, their fortunes, and their sacred honors. And that was more than rhetoric. Each of those men knew the penalty for high treason to the crown. We must all hang together, Benjamin Franklin said, or assuredly we will all hang separately. And John Hancock, it is said, wrote his signature in large script so King George would see it without his spectacles. They were brave, and they stayed brave through all the bloodshed of the coming years. Their courage created a nation built on a universal claim to human dignity, on the proposition that every man, woman, and child had a right to a future of freedom. Reagan also talked about the beautiful friendship between Thomas Jefferson and John Adams, and he noted that they died on the same day, July 4th, exactly 50 years after the signing of the Declaration of Independence. It was their first gift to us. Ronald Reagan said, My fellow Americans, it fails to us to keep faith with them and all the great Americans of our past. Believe me, if there's one impression I carry with me after the privilege of holding for five and a half years the office held by Adams and Jefferson and Lincoln, it is this, that the things that unite us, America's past of which we're so proud, our hopes and aspirations for the future of the world, and this much-loved country. These things far outweigh what little divides us. And so tonight, we reaffirm that Jew and Gentile, we are one nation under God, the black and the white, we are one nation indivisible, that Republican and Democrat, we are all Americans. Tonight, with heart and hand, through whatever trial and and travail, we pledge ourselves to each other and to the cause of human freedom the cause that has given light to this land and hope to the world. And the source for that is Hillsdale College. It is um, amazing that they don't teach these things in our schools anymore, to be proud of these presidents, the presidents of the past. And George Washington being number eight instead of number one. But he was the first elected president, and he was a man of honor. And he was not a perfect man. Yes, he did own slaves, but he did release them. He asked the few that he kept when he died to stay, to help take care of Martha, his wife. But 
after his passing, Martha, his wife, gave them all their freedom. You know, sometimes we have to learn things as we go through life. I know I do. So we're all talking about a 2024 presidential race. And it is starting to not heat up, but it's starting to to shape, take shape. And um, there are four women. I think I might have shared this with you last week. There are four women that they're looking at that they think might run. Now, of course... Nikki Haley has already thrown her her name in that's going to run. These particular women, they believe, might be on the list for a vice president with President Donald J. Trump. Christy Nome, Elise Stefanik, Stefanik <laughs> Governor Sarah Huckabee Sanders, and I hope not. I want her to stay where she is. That's what I. That's what I want. For Governor DeSantis, I want him to stay there, and I feel the same way about Christy Nome. Do I think they'd make good vice presidents? Yes, I do. But I think our president needs great governors where they are, because it's states' rights, people. And Carrie Lake is on this list, and of course they're going after her, pretty hot and heavy. Um. So that's the women that they think might be running in the running, so to speak, for vice president. You don't really run for vice president. Um, But DeSantis, and I don't want to stay on this very long, and I'm not sure where I put the paper, but his uh, poll isn't looking as good as it was previously, and I don't know where I put it. But anyway, he... uh, was doing pretty good in the polls. He was never ahead of Donald Trump. I guess it depends on what poll you look at. But he was uh, up there in good standing, and right now he's fallen back. And I'm not sure why. Here it is. I put it down below. I'm not sure why, but it says that the poll results now that DeSantis is trailing behind former President Donald J. Trump, with Trump at 46% and DeSantis at 23%. The latest tally is a 5% drop in support for DeSantis compared to last month when the Florida governor trailed Trump at 20% in the the same poll. This is is according to the Harvard Caps-Harris poll. (laughs) I thought that was kind of funny that it was a Harris poll. Anyway, he is falling, but then again, Nikki Haley's throwing her hat in the ring. Mike Pence is talking like he's going to throw his hat in the ring. And he's at 17%. Nikki Haley's at, uh, what did they say here? 10% increase, I think. But um, I'm not a Nikki Haley fan. I think she did an excellent job in the United Nations. But I'm not a Nikki Haley fan. And I'll tell you why. It was when we had the shooting in South Carolina, which should not have happened. And it was a crazy man. And she made the state take down all their South flags, their Southern flags. So she capitulated. And the majority won over the minority. 
Those flags don't mean slavery. But there is a past in the South, and if she was actually a part of the South, she'd known that. The thing that happened in Charleston, as horrible as it was, the shooting there at the church, was they were all praying and hugging together, white and black. They were all there together. We should have we should have made more of that than more of this racism thing and taken down the flags. If you remember, that's when they took Dukes of Hazard off the air and they took the flags down and there were some other things that they yanked off the air. And those weren't about slavery. So that's one thing I have against Nikki Haley. She didn't stand up. Say, no, this is our past We're not taking their flag away. Isn't that freedom of speech? But she did. She took it off the state house, I think, and removed it from other places. Now, I have family that disagree with me on that. But I, uh, the people were coming together. So, anyway, we're going to keep an eye on who's running for president. This is something that I believe is good news. But... Just to know that it happened is crazy. (laughs) Congress introduces a bill to halt the DOJ payments to social media companies. Has nothing to do with being a president, but I think it's something very important that you need to know about. And so we're going to talk about that in the last segment of today's show and ponder these things. You know, we're being run our president right now. The only thing that was wrong with President Donald J. Trump was he wasn't one of them. I mean, I didn't have a problem with that. I thought he listened to some of the wrong people. He trusted the wrong people. Have you ever done that in your life? I sure have. And it kind of stings. It hurts a lot. But he's the only president in my lifetime. Never took a salary. Went away from the office broker that he came in. You're listening to CSE Talk Radio. This is Beth Ann. And we'll be right back. Have you heard about Vine to Bar chocolate? It's the winemaker's chocolate. The world's first chocolate made with well-vined Chardonnay Mark from the beautiful coastal vineyards of North America. Gently pressed grapes are harvested after juicing, dried and finely milled and carefully blended into the finest dark chocolate. The Chardonnay Mark contains highly beneficial grape nutrients, flavanols, and has a natural sweetness that flavors the luscious dark chocolate. Mouthwatering, flavorful, delectable dark chocolate goodness with Chardonnay sweetness and beneficial nutrients. And it's alcohol-free, too. It's Vine to Bar chocolate. Order some today at vinetobar.com. That's V-I-N-E-T-O-B-A-R.com. Cold ship to your door, it's Vine to Bar. Vine to Bar Chocolate. Visit us at vinetobar.com. 
Daniel Turner, founder and executive director of Power the Future, agrees that America is blessed with an abundance of reliable energy sources. Our natural resources are the lifeblood of our nation and have made our nation prosperous. Rural America is the heart of production in this nation. Our food, manufacturing, trucking, and yes, our energy. Power the Future promotes jobs in rural America, specifically our energy jobs. These jobs are all under attack. Wealthy radicals like Tom Styers and George Soros promise to break the nation's energy independence. Their beloved Green New Deal attacks all that is good in this nation. Our food, our land, our jobs, our families, and of course, our gassy cows. Power the Future is fighting for you, rural America. Join them. Visit PowerTheFuture.com. See the latest news and donate to those who are fighting for you. PowerTheFuture.com. Power the Future is fighting to keep America's lights on. Packages start at $29.99 a month with signed agreement. Restrictions apply. Speak to a representative for complete offer details. See Vivint.com for license details. Terms and conditions apply. Homeowners, if you're looking for the best in home security and smart home technology at a price you can actually afford, we have great news. Now you can get Vivint's award-winning home security systems starting at about a dollar a day. U.S. News and World Report has recognized Vivint as the best professionally installed home security system of 2022. And right now, you can get Vivint's home security technology for about a dollar a day. Plus, get free professional installation from a licensed technician. Protect your home and loved ones for as low as a dollar a day. Call right now for your free home security consultation. 800 613 He had less money when he left than when he came in. And they're trying to break him. He's still a very wealthy man, but they're trying to break him. And they want to throw him into pokey. And America, I don't think, I don't care who you are, you should not want that to happen. Not for the reasons they say. 
we have some presidents that should have been tried for treason. I'm okay with that. And I'll just put this out here. If you think that Joe Biden and his family did all this corruption unbeknownst to uh, President Barack Obama, you're extremely naive. Extremely. And the Democrats. They knew about it. They've been hiding it. We all know that. So let's get on with this. Congress introduces a bill. Republicans in Congress have introduced the first of what will likely be many bills aimed at curbing the power of big tech censorship by attempting to cut off financial cooperation between social media companies and the federal government. Now, let me make something very clear. The FBI is an institution that has nothing to do with the Constitution. Congress put them in power, not the Constitution. As reported in Just the News, exposing lewd outlays for Social Networking Companies Act, they're calling it the Elon Act, was introduced by Congressman Lowen Bobart with none other than co-sponsors, with none other co-sponsors. She just did it. The bill would order a one-year halt on taxpayer-funded payments to social media companies by the Department of Justice and would also call for a massive audit of all such payments by the Department of Justice since 2015. Well, that's interesting, isn't it? It was 2016 when President Trump became president. And in 2015 is when they may have started their march against him. And then who was the first attorney general of the DOJ? It was Sessions. And, of course, he immediately became nothing. And then it was Bill Barr, who was so disappointing to me. I really thought he was America's droopy dog that moves slow but always gets his man. But apparently he just moves slow and works for the government. It goes on in this article. The bill was introduced in response to one of the largest revelations of government corruption in deep state bureaucracies, where it was revealed that the FBI had paid Twitter over $3 million to censor various tweets and accounts going as far back as 2020 presidential election. In the story, when the story first broke by journalist Michael Schellenberger, an internal email was sent to Twitter's then Deputy General Counsel Jim Baker. We all love Jim Baker. No, we don't. Informing him that the FBI had paid $3.42 million to the company between October 2019 and February 2021. The email subject line read, run the business, we made money. That makes me feel a lot better about my tax dollars. How about you? <laughs> you know that day's coming. This is, this is last, we're in the last part of February now. I got a baby on the way. Not me, I'm not having a baby. And uh, then there's March, and then there's April 15th. Everybody loves April 15th. Of course, people that own their own businesses, farmers and that, they have to report quarterly. So, anyway, 
We chased that one, didn't we? Excuse me. Let's get back to this. Twitter's new owner, Elon Musk, confirmed the story, tweeting that the government paid Twitter millions of dollars to censor info from the public. The FBI also confirmed the story's authenticity, but defended the payments as simply reimbursements for reasonable costs, expenses associated with their response to a legal process, as well as for complying with legal requests and study procedure. (laughs) Standard procedure, not study. Could have been study. Big tech is in bed with the FBI and other agencies to the point where Congress can't tell where one ends and the other begins. Well, I got a good, I got a good cure for that. End them both. Congressman Bobart, in a statement, said, The millions of dollars sent to Twitter that we know of during an election cycle, when they were at the same time censoring the Hunter Biden laptop from hell, is incredibly concerning. We must expose the insensuous relationship between big tech and the federal government. My bill does exactly that. I guess my question to the rest of Congress Republicans, why did no one else co-find that, co-sign that, co-sponsor? Why? Oh, they talk big. You know, in Levin last night, I've got to get Betsy McCoy back on. I had her on years ago when we were talking about, Obama was president, we were talking about the, uh, uh, we were talking about the insurance and Obamacare. She was the only one I knew that actually read the bill. It was pretty bad. It was pretty bad. But last night she was talking about, we're going to get in this into depth later this week. But she was talking about how they want to do away with single family homes. So all you Democrats that love Joe Biden, how do you feel about that? Yeah, they're trying to do it. And they've been after this for a long time. It kind of quieted down when Trump was president. Obama was at it, too. But Levin asked her about Congress. Can Congress do something about this? And I'm paraphrasing because I'm just telling you what I heard. Betsy McCoy talked about, did they read the omnibus bill that they just passed? Did they do anything? Did they read it? No, they didn't read it. Should we remind Mark Levin that it was the Republicans that gave us Obamacare? Should we remind Mark Levin that Republicans stay silent? She reminded him, and he said, oh, yeah. Even McConnell signed that. Yeah, he did. You can't rely on Congress, my friends. We need people like Bobart in there. We need people like her and... Marjorie Taylor Greene. We need some of these strong women that actually want liberty. Did you know there was a group of women that they didn't dress up like Indians, but they had their own little, uh, I got to look that up and and bring that to you. They had their own little uh, tea party, but it had nothing to do with tea. It's up to the American people. Congress is lost in themselves. It's up to you and I to bring America home. 